Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I actually went to a NASCAR race the other day. It felt weird. Like I was like going around going like, there's another black person and there's a black person there. <laughs> like I was probably the most racist person there just because sure. I kept pointing out to all the black people. Well, Troy, let's be honest. <laughs> no, you weren't. But, but that <laughs> said, you yeah, might have been fair. the most actively uh, acknowledging the race in the room in a way that, that you didn't expect. I know I was the only person that said, there's two more niggas. <laughs> out loud. Out loud. Out, out loud, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that the noose in Bubba Wallace's garage was not a hate crime but rather a warning from a time-traveling nigga from the future to tell Bubba, chill with the NASCAR and learn to host the BET Awards instead. Look, man, you ain't that good at driving. You got to get on the BET Awards. That's what the man from the future was trying to say to him with the noose, and he was completely misinterpreting it. That's the conspiracy theory I'm spreading this week. That's the nonsense I'm putting out in the world. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always, coming in hot baby coming in hot we're back this is our our second week back from hiatus and i'm happy to be with you but more importantly i'm happy to be here with my guest and here means over zoom because i don't think in person ever is gonna exist again because you niggas don't know how to act 
But the point is, over Zoom, my guest today is a hilarious, I'm so happy he's here, hilarious comedian, hilarious stand-up. You know him as a, a writer on Jimmy Kimmel Live. The, that's, that's one of the good late-night shows. There are some stinkers, but Jimmy Kimmel Live ain't one of them, and he helps write that show. So funny. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Troy Walker. Hey. I'm happy yeah. to be here, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. You know, it's funny about uh, that intro. I actually went to a NASCAR race the other day. Whoa. Yeah. How was it? Honestly, it was great. It Okay, this is, <laughs> this is uh, exciting for me because I was actually having a debate in a different writer's room about whether or not Black people can show up to NASCAR and be un, unbothered. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always, I thought, like, all right, I I like the idea of getting drunk and watching cars go in circles. That seems mm-hmm. fun. But I would imagine that the community of NASCAR is not going to be, like, chill with me being there. I mean, this was so, I went, it was the first time I'd ever gone to one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went, I guess, in that same kind of, like, let me just see, you know, I went with, like, one of my comic friends, Brent Gill. I think you know Brent. Yeah. And uh, so we go out there, we like drive to Fontana or whatever. And I mean, there is that like thing where it's like Trumpy, right? Like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. like the fuck Joe Biden t-shirts and whatever and like sure. trucks with the big flags and stuff. As, honestly, as it should be, if if ever there was a space <laughs> for that, they, they built that. If you build yeah. it, they will come. Yeah, I get it. But honestly, the vibe was like pretty good other than that. And there were mm. way more black people than I ever expected to see. Like oh, way shit. more black people than I ever expected to see, bro. That's that's actually really encouraging. Yeah, I was blown away actually by how many black people were actually there. I have to figure that's Bubba. Like, you know how we do it. Like, oh, there's like a black dude doing that? Or are we gonna like yeah. we're gonna was like Bubba, show up. Was Bubba racing? Was he was he out yeah, there? No, he was there. How'd yeah. he do? I where what place he come in? Look, that's not the point. <laughs> We don't gotta talk. Why? Why are you trying to be negative? Look, <laughs> he was there. That's he, that's what matters. He came in a strong thirty fifth place, <laughs> and they are saying he's he's one of the best thirty fifth place performances they've ever seen. Look, it wasn't his fault. You know, they kept they kept uh, uh, the police kept pulling him over during the race. <laughs> Uh, no, it was like, it was honestly, man, it was like kind of fun. Like it, like it's loud. It's like, you know, you're just kind of sitting there drinking. It's, it's good. Yeah. It seems, I mean, like a lot of, uh, live sports that are more fun to obviously watch in person than they are on television. I feel this way about baseball. It's one of those things where it seems like you could check out for a while and you haven't missed a thing. And yeah. so it's it's that's great for fucking live because you can just talk some shit, hang out, yeah. and then you go back and it's like, oh yeah, they're still doing loop de loops. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like in person, it feels like less time when they're on the other side than it does on TV. You know, right. like on TV, it feels like, oh, like, what do you do the other time? You know, like when they're not right in front of you. But yeah. like right there, I mean, they're going so fast that it's like you know, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. It actually was like nowhere near as boring as I thought it might be. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know. It was like good energy. They do 500 laps. That's the deal. 
No, I think the one I saw was like maybe a hundred and fifty. Oh, so I'm way over. Okay, or two hundred yeah. <laughs> or something. It wasn't like anything because I thought like the same thing. It was like something like two hundred, but I know it wasn't actually two hundred laps. I think it was like one fifty because they I did like you. three stages. Like I learned like a decent amount while I was there. They do like the races and stages. Now, see, I'm gonna fuck around and go somewhere and. And be like, uh, what they doing? 500 laps? And then those white people are going to have a reason to beat my ass. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, look, man, yeah. we're cool with y'all being here, but you can't be in here dumb as fuck asking 500 <laughs> lap questions. But it was like, yeah, they were like people like wearing like his stuff, like his like Bubba Wallace's jerseys and stuff. Yeah, it felt oh, very Oh, shit, he like, got jerseys? I got to get me a Bubba Wallace jersey. Yeah. Number 35, jerseys, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, you can get a whole, yeah, you can get a whole jacket and everything. <laughs> I love that. Okay, we can't we can't talk about Bubba and his right. shenanigans all day because you came to us with a conspiracy theory that, frankly, I, I don't know that I've ever heard before. And I, I'm super excited to talk about. You said my mama told me. Slavery was fake and black people were already in America. I saw this on Twitter a while back mm. and then apparently it like, like B.O.B. is like kind of a believer in this. Like I sent like an article I found about this. Like, Well, yes. And I, I, de- <laughs> I dove deep into the article. The article is actually written by a former guest on the show, Michael Harriet of The Root. And it is jarring uh, discovery from B.O.B. That's right. Yeah. Bob has discovered that slavery, in fact, is, is a complete ruse because <laughs> uh, and he's not exactly clear why, but it's a complete ruse because black people, I guess, were in America before we were originally uh, brought here, quote unquote, originally brought here via slave ship. Yeah, like he like was saying, wasn't it like that? It's like shit where you're like, that's not true. Like, something's so easily disprovable. Like, he's like, you ever notice you never see a slave ship? Like, yeah. I feel like you, you just told me you don't go to museums, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing you told me. Sure. Okay, so, so I think based on your energy alone... I get the sense that you're not bought in on this conspiracy theory. That this Nigga, is not hell no. <laughs> this is not one you're uh, you're subscribing no. to. And Bob is not a selling point for you. You're not Bob doesn't make you want to believe it more. Nah, bro. Come on now. I look. I'll admit I had his albums. Sure. I'll admit that. A lot I'll of people did. That. I had his albums, but no. No, Let me ask you this. Gonna... Were, when when did you first discover that B.O.B. was is a conspiracy theorist? W- was this the one that broke you open or were you aware of his earlier conspiracy theorists theories? Excuse me. I don't know that I know of his other conspiracy theories. Oh, this Does is he fun. Have like a whole litany. Yeah. Well, he has one that that really ruined his career and he was an early early investor in the flat earth movement. He was actually oh. one of the first sort of like celebrity people to come forward and be like, the earth ain't ain't round, it's flat. And he even went so far as to make a very public GoFundMe so that he could invest in, in creating a satellite type situation so that he could prove that the earth is flat. He's fully invested. This isn't just like really? a passive theory for him. 
He he invested in a satellite. No, no, no. He invested in setting up a GoFundMe so that (laughs) so that the public could invest in a satellite that I guess he was going to build to try to figure out if the Earth is in fact flat. I mean, you know, sometimes you know how you go like you go like some people shouldn't have money. Yeah, you know, like where you go like somebody else should be in charge of their money. Absolutely. And I feel like that's one of those situations, but it's also like bad because it's like he wasn't even going to put his money behind it. Like he was like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe. No. And and I would dare to say it's because he doesn't have much money left. I don't know <laughs> that uh, that B.O.B. is now raking in the coin from those <laughs> early 2000s hits that probably have not carried as long as we wish they would have. Oh, God. He spent all the strange clouds money? Yeah, man. It's all gone. Uh, what was that? The the joint with Bruno Mars? It's gone. Yeah. It's it's done, man. <laughs> okay. So so you're not bought in on B.O.B.'s no. uh, conspiracy theories. It sounds like any of them, certainly no. not, not the current one, the, the, the most recent one that we're talking about. No, 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 no. I mean, how could you? That's like a hard one. Sure. Like. <laughs> it's it's a it seems silly. Let me ask you this this now follow up question. I guess are you a person who buys into conspiracy theory in general? Are you like anti conspiracy theory? Or are you very much like no? The government tells us the truth, and I I dig what they got going on. I don't I don't feel like it's those extremes. Sure. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the, the setup, the trap that I put you in? <laughs> no, I don't know that you have to be. I think you can be like, I think most conspiracy theories are trash, but yeah. I'm not, but I also don't think like, oh, you know, the government tells us everything is this truth. Yeah. But I think like, you know, I don't I, <laughs> I mean, I think that would be like that's a silly black man that believes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know who that is. I know he wears a lot of polo shirts. <laughs> yeah, I, he is. frankly, I don't even know if he's still doing that. I nobody's checked <laughs> on Bob in so long that his style, his energy has changed in in a way that who knows what he looks like. Who now. knows what he's doing? But no, no, I wouldn't say no. I don't typically subscribe to conspiracy theories because I feel like the thing about conspiracy theories is. They always require like a bunch of stuff to perpetuate themselves, you know, like it's always like mm. one of those things where like the second there's like evidence against the conspiracy, they have to like use that as ev- more evidence of the conspiracy. You know, it's always yeah. like, you're like people are like, that's not a thing. I have like a chart with numbers that shows you why that's not true. And they go, yeah, well, who made that chart? They're just right. in on it, right? Like, it's just like, and I'm just not. I have a law degree, man. Like, I just can't think like that, you know? Like, Yeah, I, I I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when Kyrie came out as a uh, quote-unquote flat earther, I was actually there. He talked about it at the All-Star game. I believe it was like 2016, 2017. I was there shooting a VR thing for, I think it was Oculus or some shit. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I was sort of like standing near the the podiums of everything that was, you know, the all-stars were all sitting around there doing their various press conferences, whatever. And they asked LeBron, actually, because Kyrie had said it earlier that morning, and then they asked LeBron, because they were still on the Cavs together at the time, they're like, hey, Bron, have you heard that your uh, star teammate 
thinks that the earth is flat. And then LeBron yells over to the other podium that Kyrie is at and goes, yo, Re, you think the earth is flat? And then you can see <laughs> Kyrie go. And it's very much, this is early in Kyrie trolling, doing the thing phase. I think he's in a much right. different space now. But at the time, you just see Kyrie's eyes get real low and he goes, yeah. and you can tell he doesn't fucking believe it (laughs) but what he did sort of suggest and things that i followed up on and things that i read and even steph curry got in trouble for some weird conspiracy theory shit around the same time and the point that i think a lot of these guys kept trying to make is that history books don't always tell us the truth And so there's plenty of reason for us to question the history that we have. And I think that's sort of like the dangerous game that conspiracy theory creates, because that statement is 100 percent true. History books lie to us constantly. We're not always being presented with the truth, even in, in, uh, you know, current media. That said, there has to be a point where you stop asking questions and you take it yeah. at a level of face value. And if you keep just asking more and more, well, how do we know? How do we know? You're just uh, trapped in a a very dumb tunnel. Yeah, man. I used to have a bit about how you can't question everything. Like, because at a certain point, you have to trust something. Because the yeah. thing is, the other thing about the conspiracy theory people to me is they trust people. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't. Like, in fact, they're like the most trusting people I've probably ever talked to in my life. It's always sure. like, you know, but the difference is, is that instead of trusting the CIA, they trust like a dude with like a clip art website. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, like, <laughs> like, it's not like, I, like, I'm not saying you should trust the CIA. I don't think you should. Certainly not as a black person. They have like, you know, there's like tons of history of like no they're pretty cool let's let's take it easy the cia is fucking nailing it and we all should be big fans right but i'm saying like (laughs) you know if you're gonna go like okay i don't trust the new york times yeah but like i would i would be more amenable to it if you were to say but i also don't trust this like dude on reddit but right. they're like completely all in on dude on Reddit. And that's like, so it, to me, it's like not that they don't trust everything. It's like, if anything, to me, they probably don't question enough. They just question, they they question anything that isn't them being in on something. Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent it's it's the, the trust is, I trust that that there are more questions here. And that's right. that's probably a good instinct, right? Like that almost feels yeah. like some scientific method shit. Yeah. But then the the questions that you're asking are falling far short of scientific anything scientific. It's yeah. just being like, well, how do you know? And it like I I don't, bro. Like I can't prove yeah. every single element of this right. because I'm not an expert in every field no one is and so it becomes this unwinnable game that only they can sort of like stake a flag in yeah but it's also like there are experts in fields but sometimes like they'll act like the person who is an expert can't be trusted specifically because they are an expert like that kind of thing and it's like but that like i guess in in the end it's like you can question everything Mm -hmm. but at a certain point you have to trust something specifically because you can't, like nobody can be 
an expert in everything. Yeah. Like, so uh, ultimately you have to trust somebody about something. And, you know, on balance, I'd probably rather trust like the dude with a bunch of like degrees and stuff on it than like dude on Reddit. Yeah, I think you know? I th- yeah, I think there's probably a balance that needs to be had yeah. of of just probabilities wise. <laughs> I, yeah, I can say you know I fuck with the dude on Reddit for for introducing me to questions that I had not considered, while simultaneously acknowledging that these educated people probably are coming from a level of know how and and learning that is right. still useful to the greater good of the world or at least greater learning right. of the world. Right. Yeah. It's it's a dance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I also like tend to like I kind of like operate on that like, yeah, you know, you, what is it like they they say like never like attribute to malice what you can attribute to stupidity or something like that. Like I think a lot of stuff happens because people are idiots. <laughs> yeah. So like I don't need to like see like a whole bunch of like lines between everything sometimes if like the simplest explanation this is probably like a big screw up right this is just by big screw up yeah and i do think that that also is is a thing that that conspiracy theory sometimes misses is that it creates like a a giant massive conspiratorial like Everybody behind the curtain was moving perfectly to create this dangerous mayhem, whatever thing to happen. When in reality, most of us are idiots. Like the absolute (laughs) vast majority of the world is run and moved by idiots. Even the people who are intelligent are only intelligent in specific ways and often fumble in other ones. And that means that those idiots fuck up. And then that creates a way that that sometimes people are hurt or sabotaged or treated poorly. And we we ain't going to apologize. So we just invest in the in the damage that we've done instead of just being like, oh, fuck, Steve's a dummy. I don't know what to tell you. That's (laughs) why that happened. Yeah, bro. Like, I feel like um, the other thing about it is like. It's interesting to me with, like, conspiracy theories a lot of times because it will be, like, this thing where they'll be, like, where everything behind the scenes operated perfectly to, like, make this conspiracy when, like, nothing works like that. Like, mm-hmm. every, like for the conspiracy to be true, like, all of the different parties and, like, organizations and people and all, and none of it would get out. None of it gets out officially. Everybody keeps their mouth shut. Nobody tells their cousin when they're drinking or something like none of none of that stuff ever happens. And everybody pulls off the conspiracy perfectly. Yeah. Like it's that's that's just not how anything. Yeah. Works. Nobody's snitching. Nobody's fumbling the the yeah. truly in, in like super like complicated thing. That's happening right. in front of you. It it just is everybody's working perfectly and it, it right. never fumbles. But apparently right. on the other side, we fumble all the time. It's yeah, it's it's too complicated for for it to all work out the way that the conspiracy theorists want us to believe. That said, I think it's also more complicated than uh, oftentimes the history books try to break oh, it down where it's just yeah. like, yeah, a few mean men did a mean thing. And uh, those mean <laughs> men are gone now and we're all sweethearts yeah, yeah. ever since. Yeah. Nah, fuck, nah, I don't believe that shit either. Yeah. I, was, I, I think you can, like, I think you, I think there's a difference between saying they don't tell you the whole story versus that there's a completely different story 
that has nothing to do with it. Like, they obviously don't tell you the whole story. And sure. they obviously try to sanitize it and everything. But, yeah, I, I, I don't tend to go in too deep on conspiracy theories. There are certain ones that I'll be like, yeah, maybe. I feel like there's probably something to that. And then there are, like, other ones that are obviously have been proven true. Well, well, let me ask you this before we go to break. I guess I want us to get back to the the conspiracy theory at hand. I think we've been living right, a lot right, in right. theory right now, which is nice. Right. I'm enjoying the conversation. Don't you stop having a good convo with me, Troy. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering if there's any element of the conspiracy theory at hand that you are bought into. Do you know what I mean? That like basically B.O.B. And, and people like him are suggesting that slave ships did not exist and that slavery as it was at least as the way that we understand it didn't exist and that black people existed in America well before we think they did, that we are more original to America than than we are led to believe. Is there any element of that where you're like, I can see what they're doing there? From the stuff I've seen? Yeah. No. Whoa. You're like, because nah, like, these, these niggas just making stuff up. I Yeah, because to me, it's like... And I guess maybe in a way I sort of respond viscerally to it because in a way it feels like letting white people off the hook in a way. Oh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? Because it feels like it's almost like they go like the Atlantic slave trade is like one of the greatest genocides in human history. Sure. And so for you to act like it didn't exist to me is like. It's like Holocaust denial to me. Oh, so like, that's interesting. And there's like things like that that really bother me about. It. And so and so in a way, it kind of because because from what I've seen, basically, the argument is like they tell you that so they can subjugate you so that you don't know that you were already here. Yep. Right. <laughs> but they they. The subjugation after slavery existed, whether slavery happened or not, right? Mm -hmm. But in saying that it didn't, you take a whole horrible piece of that history away yeah, and act like it didn't happen. Arguably, one of the worst parts, because of the amount of time slaves, like, were, you know, they were branded in Africa, had to walk, like, Hunt miles and miles and miles before they even sold, put on the ships. Then the ships sat on the coast of Africa, often for months before mm -hmm. they even departed. People just sat there longer on the coast of Afri Africa in those tight quarters on those ships before the ships even left Africa to head across the Middle Passage. Right. And you've gotten rid of all of that. And you've turned it into <laughs> all to be like, able to create like a uh, American nigga origin story. That, yeah, that and it's is... like, yeah, and I and, and to what purpose? <laughs> well, I, and to your point, I I think it the purpose almost is is not worth the sacrifice that's being presented, right? That like the transatlantic slave trade is not something you can you can dismiss, right? Or should be dismissed rather simply to be able to say, "No, nah, brother, wake up! You belong in America." You are of America and you your history is rooted here. And so it, it creates this sort of complicated dance, I guess, where it's like, I think their intention is is good, right? They're saying, like, look, mm -hmm. 
you don't have to feel like a foreigner in your own country. You should feel pride in sort of knowing that you are of this land. But in doing so, I think to your point, you're also dismissing the insane amount of of genocide, sacrifice, whatever you want to call it, that happened before this from generation of generations of people. Right. And I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's a choice. Like, I think it's like like to me, the whole reason black Americans have can have pride and ownership in this land is because our blood is in the soil. Mm. That's all. That's the entire reason. Like this, this shit is this shit is mine. Like that's if there's anything that kind of bothers me about like some of that shit where like, you know, all the like Trumpies and stuff and they try to like claim that. Man, like all of the people, all the black people that I grew up idolizing, like my black heroes were Americans, Mm -hmm. whether that's Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, whether that's Jackie Robinson, like whether that's Frederick Douglass, like whatever. Like we've fought in every single war this country's ever had against like all odds. We fought, we helped build this bitch. We built the White House, nigga. I don't need you to make up a fake story for me. Right. (laughs) Like, if anything, the whole reason this is the only shit I have is because that happened. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, like, it's it's like, I, to me, it's like a false choice. It's like you're, you're taking the reality of the pain of this away to give me something that I already had, bro. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> Your heroes may have fought here, but my heroes are Akeem Olajuwon and Dikembe Mutombo. So, we, <laughs> okay. we differ in that way. But Dikembe was a nu- Dikembe was a nugget, so for me, him too. <laughs> Those are the only civil rights leaders I acknowledge is uh, former NBA centers. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more Troy Walker and more. My mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. 
I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. You got what I need. I'm trying to. Yeah, we're back here with more Troy Walker, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that slavery is a long con. It's a big ruse that was played on all of us because black people were in America to begin with. We've always been here, they say on the Internet in their lonely little pockets of stuff. Do you do you know at all if that there's any truth to that side of it, that that black people were, in fact, originally in America before the transatlantic slave trade introduced us? I feel like I heard some kind of thing a long time ago about how, like, supposedly some ship like there was like some historical record thing for like a ship from Africa having like made it to the new world at some point. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'd have to like dig into that, like, and, you know, research it. But I feel like I heard that like a long time ago. It's also possible that I completely just made that shit up. <laughs> well, uh, rest your furrowed brow, Troy, because I took the time to do some of that research. <laughs> and I can tell you that as it turns out, there were a ton of black people who participated in the Age of Exploration, which was the early 1500s, and who found themselves traveling to North, Central, and South America for new lives and new opportunities. So black people were, in fact, touching the Americas well before the transatlantic slave trade ever happened. Now, I'm sure you know about like the uh, just uh, being aware of like the 1619 Project Mm -hmm. where they talk about the fact that, you know, 20 something black people were sort of like introduced to America and I believe Jonestown. And that was the beginning of the quote unquote slave trade to the Americas. But at the, it says, at least from the, the very short and, and possibly short-sighted research I did, that all the way back to the early 1500s, Black people were, were kicking it around here. I mean, I buy that. You all know, right. Like, I buy, here's why I buy that. Because, you know, I was listening to this other, this other podcast. It's like a history podcast because I'm like a big nerd and shit. All right. And uh, it was talking about how it was like a thing I hadn't really considered, which is that like Africans are of the old world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's like a reason Othello's a more, right? Like there's like, obviously it wasn't like, 
Europeans in the 1400s weren't aware of black people. Like that's right. And yeah, they, you know, there was movement between all those countries and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's to me, it stands to reason that black people would have made it to America. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in another capacity. And I do think, again, if we're talking about sort of like the intentional manipulation of history, this feels like a great example of it. it is not working to any colonizer's advantage to suggest that black people were here before they were. Do you know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. if if early 1500s black people were had already been traveling and already knew how to get here and all that stuff. Yeah then that sort of like uh, dismisses a lot of the the quote unquote discovery of America. All the things mm-hmm. that we've been told in terms of like, oh, this is when Americans, as it were, started to arrive. So it's easier to just be like, nah, man, black people didn't come here. And so we, we brought them here. And so, you know, technically you are visitors or at least uh, unwelcomed guests in our territory. When in fact, we were all as unwelcomed as everybody else. You know what I mean? Oh, we yeah. were all sneaking of course. in this motherfucker. Of course. Like that, yeah, that that to me, I don't have my issue is with like, nah, slavery was fake. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's bullshit. That's yeah. that's that's my that's my issue. Yeah, no, I and I think to that point, the fact that black people existed in America before slavery does not make slavery any less of a real thing for the millions who were w- unwillingly transported to this country. And moreover, I read in the article about the the often overlooked relationship between black people, like captive black people and Native Americans that was yeah. born during slavery. Right. Yeah, there's like a whole broad like history of it. I think like I think my thing about that conspiracy is it's like this weird like hotel inception thing mm-hmm. that ends up being self-defeating. <laughs> it's like it's like man, like all of this stuff like like I was saying, like Africans of the of the old world. Like Africans you know, countries had kingdoms and everything else. It stands, you know, for thousands of years. Boats. It stands completely to read boats. Yeah, niggas know how to use to boats. Let's, yeah. let's, let's just be as frank <laughs> as possible. It doesn't matter if you have kingdoms and math and all the right. other shit. We had fucking boats and we knew how to travel. <laughs> and y'all are trying to pretend like we were just so dumb and so naked. Right. That like we, we couldn't even figure out how to float on water. Y'all didn't invent right. that shit, man. Relax. Right. Yeah, of course. My thing is just don't tell me they ain't do all that other shit. Right. Now, to the the question or or the point of the, the Black people and the Native Americans, because I do think that this is an important point that might coincide with some of what's happening in the, uh, the HOTEPs, the B.O.B. mindset, right? Mm-hmm. The Native Americans, which I didn't realize and is not something that's often... I guess, promoted, uh, advertised, published in a lot of our history books. But Native Americans were also forced into slavery in this country alongside their black counterparts, right? They shared bondage, and oftentimes they found themselves in this shared bondage hooking up. They were intermingling. They, you know, Mm -hmm. relationships were being born. And sometimes those relationships would even go so far as to marriage. But because that marriage 
between a Native American person and a Black person was considered such a taboo, they never were allowed to make those marriages legal. And so there's very little documentation of the actual like uh, bonds that were built between these groups. And subsequently, the children that were born of those relationships were often forced into a more extreme version of slavery because you're basically like a little cursed child, like a little, mm-hmm. uh, what the fuck is this humunculus baby that nobody wanted? <laughs> and so it just turns into this weird game, I think, for the, the hoteps that read this thing where we're conflating this relationship that, that goes undocumented and these relationships that no one talks about with an origin story. These relationships weren't coming before America started. We're just having relationships with the people who were here before America started and intermixing. And now your history is tied with their history in a way that isn't being acknowledged. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, you put people together, man, that's that happens. It's just like black indentured servants would hook up with Irish indentured servants Mm -hmm. and German, like, you know, and like all that, like in the 1600s before it was like before slavery was specifically about race. And, you know, they were there were black indentured servants. They would sometimes like have babies and stuff with, you know, these like white immigrants from Europe and stuff like that. It, it Like the race based slavery, my understanding is came later as a way, you know, slavery had been like a thing throughout history, but to make it specifically like if you're black, you're a slave was a very American thing. Well, yeah, and it's, it's a very American thing that we do in a lot of ways, right? It's it's branding. Right. We we right. truly are. We, we love fucking capitalism in this country and we have since its conception. And so I think in a lot of ways, it's like, well, what's the easiest way to ensure that our slaves remain slaves and don't start finding upward mobility, we base it off of their skin color. And that they can't dismiss your skin. You can say you ain't Irish. You can say you ain't Italian. You can pretend to be not Jewish or whatever the fuck it is that that we were attempting to attach to people's shame. But but black, that shit's permanent, baby. And Native American, (laughs) y'all dark too. We'll fuck you up the same way. Yeah, man. And I think like that, that thing, there's something to the like, there are all these other aspects of the history that aren't told the same way. What I think the issue with them, what what they're doing is they go, there are all these other aspects of the history that aren't told the same way. So that breaks. It's like they go like the percentage of it overall in the in the whole like spectrum of the history of slavery and everything right mm-hmm. like they dismiss like the 75 percent of it yeah because the 25 percent isn't as as well documented or as well pub- publicized right like you watch like documentaries on slavery they basically talk about the biggest part they don't talk about the native american part as much they don't talk about if they do at all whatever but that is not a reason to dismiss the slave trade. <laughs> no. And it's it's similar in an odd way. I didn't know this either, but there were also Native Americans who owned black slaves that yep. 
There were black people who owned slaves. Yes, that that this is a more complicated thing than just being like white people, devil, black people, good, Mm -hmm. Native Americans, good. But like, you know, there were people who were just taking advantage of the the times and the financial institutions at play and they were able to own slaves. But even during their ownership, the intermingling, much in the way Mm -hmm. that we saw with the whites, was still happening. And so it is yeah. it is creating even more complicated, inconvenient conversations to say, like, the slave owners were fucking the slaves and they didn't really want to be slave owners sometimes, but it was the best way to make money. And here's this and that and all of these things. When the reality is the easiest way to settle all of this is just to be like, we brought you here at uh, at this point. You showed up and we yelled at you for a while, beat the shit out of you, and then we let you go. Problem solved. Everybody's free. And now we get to move on <laughs> with America as it is. And it's like, yeah, I think there's a few more things going on here, fellas. Oh, yeah. There's a ton more going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I was like, I actually was like reading this thing the other day about this woman's a black woman who had been a slave and she got her freedom. And I forget how I think she maybe married like some into some money or whatever and like went out and got slaves as soon as she could yeah like, like, and like has like uh like a there's like a historical plantation i think in florida that was like a black owned plantation which is like one of the wildest fucking things you could think about right yeah like, it's like a national like landmark i guess i mean i it it seems less wild i guess if she wasn't a former slave like if it was just a lady who was like, mm, I can't wait to own me a nigger. That seems <laughs> I, I can see how you make it to that point as a black person in this country. But if you <laughs> went through it, the idea of being like, soon as I get out, I'm going to put someone else through that shit. Yeah. is That's wild. Yeah, it was so wild, man. Like I went down like a whole like Internet, like rabbit hole, like just re- just reading about craziness. Damn. I hope I'm not related to her. You know, that's <laughs> that's a part of our history. So much of our, our history as black people is cut off from us. And, and yeah. some of it yeah. is intentional and some of it is just our, our families don't track that stuff the same way that uh, white historians have have long sort of made uh, the checkpoints for tracking. Well, yeah. But yeah, that that's because ours ends in like 1808. It's like, yeah. it's like well... It stopped at the water. We tried to trace it back. Right. I don't I don't know what country we came from, but I guess Maryland is where I started. But that said, I I do feel like a bunch of us at some point are gonna start figuring out that like we just have black slave owners in our family yeah. or white ones. You know what I mean? That we're just Maybe you'll be the first. Of, maybe you'll Maybe you'd be the first person on uh, talking to Henry Louis Gates. You'd be the first black dude to get that where he goes like this. And you go, he's just going to look at my papers and be like, hey, can we cut to commercial, fellas? Uh, I don't know if this one's as good of an episode as the previous. <laughs> you're like, this is what your grandmother did. And you go, oh. Oh, oh not, no. not me, Ma. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Henry, let's talk to Nas again. It was much better when you talked to Nas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, somebody has to be the first black person to be embarrassed on finding your roots. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm willing. If, if it means more TV time, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I will be the first person to uh, come forward as the descendant of a black slave owner. Exciting times for me. Terrible news for the rest of America. 
All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Troy Walker and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. I can go anywhere. Suck my dick. Yeah, we're back here with more Troy Walker, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the fact that the slave trade may be a long con. It might be a big old trick that that the white man is playing on us because we've been Americans this entire time is what is what they're saying. And Troy does not believe it. He's furious at the idea. He'll beat your like ass, it. B.O.B. That's what he said during break. <laughs> <laughs> If I see that nigga, I'm going to punch him into the clouds, into the strange clouds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want. I have a few more, uh, I guess, research points that I'd love to unpack with you. 
Because one of the first questions that I asked myself as I was sort of sitting down to look through all of this is, and I'm maybe a little embarrassed to say it, but the question that popped in my head is, why don't we see more slave ships? You know, because like mm-hmm. to your point, there there are a few museums that have remnants and sort of like pieces of slave uh, ships or ships that transported slaves. But it's not as if like given the scale of what the transatlantic slave trade was, it's not as if we're seeing a shit ton of them or even know where all of them, any of them, frankly, ended up. And so that was a question that I immediately asked myself. Now, I have some answers, but I have a feeling you have an answer on the tip of your tongue as to why we haven't seen them. I mean, I guess I figured I didn't research it. That's okay. I mean, I know, like, That's not your responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, like, uh, like the Smithsonian has some stuff and mm-hmm. like some others have some stuff and they're like, I figure it was probably because they were mostly wood. And, uh, I figured that was probably a significant part of it. I also figured it's not exactly like the kind of ship that like at the time they were trying to like, you know, coat and lacquer and keep around. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? Like, like it's like, again, what you do that with like, oh, this ship, this ship took out six British frigates, right? Like in the Revolutionary War. I get why you saved that one. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you necessarily go through the effort to like. Sure. You probably take it apart and build something. Six British frigates, <laughs> five hundred uh, African nigglets. Uh, one of yeah. one of I those mean, is worth like, celebrating. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like they didn't know slavery was bad at the time. Like I feel like it's like this thing where, like, you know, like sometimes they like, in a way, people will act like they didn't know, but they yeah. knew. like they were well aware. They knew slavery was bad. I don't know that anybody was trying to like. Right. There had to be people on the boat being like, hey, not going to lie. This is fucked up. I know we can pay. I'm really I'm really happy to be working with you fellas. But this is pretty fucked up. The original Declaration of Independence that Thomas Jefferson wrote called out King George saying, like, how dare you introduce slavery? You stole all these like like it's like they knew. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And to that point, I, I've done a fair amount of research on uh, Thomas Jefferson's black ass. And uh, <laughs> as for the the listeners, they know that he's secretly mixed. But the point is, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson actually, despite having owned slaves, was super anti-slavery. He like wrote yeah. constantly about how like, man, slavery is trash and then would go fuck a slave <laughs> later yeah. that night who yeah. who did not want to be a part of that. It wasn't like they were making love. That These were unwilling fucks. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, it's not like this, but like, it's like this. It's like how... <laughs> Always a good start to an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be like, man, like, man, what Kanye's doing, he's like tripping, but like, nigga, I'll buy any album he makes. There's like every, (laughs) sure, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, oh, this is like horrible. Like, he's like, he's like stalking her. It's like all this stuff. And then like, he'll put out, like, I saw like that video where he, you know, buries Pete Davidson up to his neck and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I was like, man, that's like awful. This motherfucker's crazy. And then it was the first thing I played when I got in my car. <laughs> oh, shit. So you, you are the I mean? same type of hypocrite. I love that. I'm awful. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, to I'm your point, <laughs> and you said, you, you said uh, would, and I, a part of me wanted to do the Steve Harvey, good answer, good answer. You know what I mean? You, I think you nailed it. Would apparently. Is it up on the board? Do I, can I see wood? 
<laughs> he said. Uh, it turns out that, to your point, most of the materials that slave ships were made of weren't exactly going to make test stand the test of time, right? Wood is a very flimsy, easily deteriorating material, and between shipwrecks and time, the once powerful slave ships were no longer able to hold up. The same, because that got me thinking like, well, is that actually true for all of these other famous ships that we've heard of over time? And the same apparently is true for ships like the Mayflower. The Mayflower, Mm -hmm. no one has seen in any version of recent history, and many believe the ship was scrapped for timber and other recyclable materials. And to your, your grander point, about the not wanting to keep these things around, I have to assume that with the fall of the transatlantic slave trade, those ships likely faced a similar fate where they were recycled by the owners who could probably no longer afford to keep these deteriorating ships with no niggers at the bottom. You know what I mean? If if you can't keep the blacks at the bottom, these ships are fucking worthless and carry quite a bit of shame with them. So we're going (laughs) to, we'll turn those into uh panels for people's houses yeah it's like uh as a kid you ever build like a lego thing that you were real proud of Uh uh-huh and then like you needed the legos for something else and you might not want to take it apart but you do but now imagine that those legos were evil (laughs) (laughs) think about how fast you would take it apart right (laughs) now what if those legos killed your grandma now would you take that uh mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine if your entire family for the rest of, for generations would be shamed by that lego house you built it might change your mind about the <laughs> how legos fast, how fast you would take it apart you take it apart real fast i love that so in thinking about i guess the slave ships and the pieces that are often that that go missing, I found this article in National Geographic about a group that had uncovered, uh, it's called Portugal's São José Paquete de Africa. It was a slave ship that set sail from Mozambique in 1794, destined for Brazil, and basically never made it. A whole bunch of people died on that slave ship. And these black divers, these black scuba, scuba divers, are were the main people sort of leave, leading this excavation of the this this famous slave ship, which I thought was extremely telling. You know, black scuba mm-hmm. divers are the only motherfuckers looking for this shit. Right. Yeah, because I don't know if it's like, imagine being like the white dude who's like, ooh, I'm going to find me some slave shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say it was called again? Uh, you, you're going to make me say it again. Sao Jose Paquette de Africa. I, yeah, I wanted you to say it again because it reminded me of like me trying to like order on a menu that I sure. carry. <laughs> uh, I'll take the uh, Sal Ho- Jose for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to do Portuguese because I know it's not a Spanish accent, but I know it's not far. I, I just embarrassed myself if I even attempted. So I'm just going to stick with uh, the worst American version of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like when you go, like, uh, you ever go out of the country, like, you know, like, in some other country, you don't speak the language, and you're like, uh, point. Me, um, <laughs> the you try to say it. Yeah, I, I always find <laughs> that when I travel, I get about, uh, 
I get about three attempts in before I completely uh, revert to asking for the dude that can speak English to come <laughs> help me with whatever it is. Like, I'll, like, I went to Mexico City a couple of years ago and I was like by myself trying to figure some shit out. And after about three attempts, I was like, you know what, y'all? I ain't got to do this and you don't need me to do this. There's enough of you that speak English and I apologize right. for being the ignorant American who needs this, right. but I can't keep attempting to use my remedial Spanish and failing this uh, majorly. Yeah, man. I did the same thing in Montreal. I was like, I once I tried to pay with American money at a thing. and This lady got really mad at me. I didn't even mean to. I thought it would be like a good. Right. I feel like every black person feels like you're going to be a better tourist, like an international tourist than like what you hear white people are like. And uh, no, not even a little, bro. Nope. Not even for nope. a second. Not even black countries. I went to Jamaica and we stayed at a resort and it was my entire family was just it was just black people complaining about the food. It was, oh, like, the boy. <laughs> it was like, it's too salty. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just sucking their teeth and rolling their eyes at you. <laughs> just like, man, well, I guess this is what they did to us. I, so <laughs> to the slave ship conversation, one of the things that you said that I think is really important is part of the reason we're not uncovering these remnants of this history is because white people aren't eagerly investing the efforts or the manpower to uncover this history. And this is actually a direct quote from the article that I, it, this puts it in perspective in a really jarring way, but there are o there were over 12,000 ships making over 40,000 voyages over 250 years of slave trade. To date, there are only five, five slave ships in maritime history in the database. Why is that? Five. There's only five, five ships. What do you, when you say in the, in the maritime database, what do you mean? Like that you can go visit? Meaning that there are only five that they actually were, that they've documented as their purpose was for trans transferring black people, as far as I'm understanding. That like they have five ships that they know for sure they can prove had black people on them, transferring them to the these various places. I mean, that seems low because I know there's like there's like documented like companies that they had in Europe that that was like that they would literally call themselves like the black, like the black shipping company, like whatever. Like, yeah, no, I think I think part of it is an intentional sort of like erasing of that documentation afterwards so. that it's not yeah. it's not that they never documented it. It's that. Since then, they did a lot of work to sort of like squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean that that yeah. situation. Well, yeah, and I think like after like because they banned the importation of slaves in like 1808. Mm -hmm. So after that, it was illegal. Most of the, most of those slave runs would have been illegal. So you probably don't, you know, keep like records of it. But then, yeah, they probably do like didn't exactly take that much care in trying to keep up with it no and for what did you know what do you want to tell people about this for cut it out <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man that's what i'm saying i think like it's one of those things where 
as if you if you remember that people at the time knew it was bad, like a lot of stuff to me starts to fall into place where you go like, yeah, they probably didn't want to like maintain the records the same way. They probably mm-hmm. didn't want to maintain the ships and like evidence of it the same way. They probably were exactly. faster to repurpose stuff in ways that they wouldn't have otherwise to go like, oh, we used to use this ship for that. Like now let's use it for this and not say anything about what we used to use it for. Like that, that seems. Exactly. I think, I think the, the larger point that the, the quote is trying to make is that these documentations are being erased and then subsequently the ships are being repurposed. And so now we only have five ships that we can actually point to and say, we know for sure this existing piece of material held the bodies of of black people being right. transferred from this place to the next. Right. So those five like currently exist. Like you can go see them. That's my understanding, yeah. See that's okay. See, I was confused. I thought I thought you were saying like in like written record there's No, only no, no. The I think they have more records of of people being transferred, although I don't know that they have nearly as many records as the amount of people transferred and right. the amount of trips. Right. But I think for the current existing, like they they have five for sure. This is the body of the ship that transferred these people at the time. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. Cause I was like, man, like they only know the names of five of them. No, they know the names of way more. Yeah. That's what I was saying. That's why I was like, I misunderstood you. I was like, Oh, if it was just five, if there's more Jacksons than there are names of ships, uh, (laughs) maybe BOB is right. And and we're (laughs) foolish to be having this conversation. Yeah. I misunderstood you. Okay. You could go visit five. Yeah. It sounds like that. I don't know that I, I don't know. That's like one of those things where you go like, would I want to visit a slave ship as a black man? I, they used to make us do it in like middle school and shit where you, it wasn't, we visited a slave ship, but you had to like, we went to the museum and they would make you lay on the ground and do the thing where like you had to lay side by side with the other mm-hmm. kids to, to feel what it was like to be in the, the, you know, the cargo of right. these ships. And, right. uh, yeah, you don't need to do that. You could just tell me, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't need to feel that. Uh, maybe yeah. that's better for white students. Maybe they need that that experience, <laughs> that empathy to sort of like it in. For me, I was like, this feels fucking dumb. Why am I? <laughs> why am I here? I ain't yeah, done to also, nobody. My grandma did that. It also doesn't like exactly <laughs> work when you're going to like get up in a second and they're going to be like, all right, so here's everybody's sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lunchables. Uh, if, if you got if you got the pizza lunchable, you stand in this line and everybody else this way. Yeah, it's not like that doesn't like. But I do think there's like an overall treatment of slavery that is in some ways not serious mm-hmm. in, in, in a general sense. Like I, I it's like it's like how people will have a plantation wedding. Right. Oh, or how like a plantation, like there are plantations all over the South that are like Airbnbs now. Right. Yeah. Or like you can go on YouTube. I did this the other day. I got so man, I got so fucking mad. You can go on YouTube. You know how people will do like the video real estate tours. Yeah. And like this lady starts off and goes, so I just want to start off by saying that this this house did have enslaved workers, but 
all of the like slave stuff has been torn down. <laughs> like it was like a selling point. Like, don't worry, right. there's no like cabins yeah. back there. Like, don't can, worry, the slaves they got booted yeah. a while ago. But you can totally move into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing is crazy when you really think about it, right? Like, I mean, I I think to the larger point that uh you made early in the conversation, there's there's a real danger in our willingness to dismiss or skip over the scale and weight and importance of all of these things. And yeah. while I don't want to find myself in some situation where like I'm constantly yelling at people because of slavery. Right. I do think <laughs> that like we we need to find some sort of balance in saying like, right. hey dog, we don't just get to pretend like these plantations you've preserved don't come with a cost. Don't didn't weren't built on the lives of a lot of people who made sacrifices they didn't even want to make they weren't even that heroic uh, right in that sense they didn't come right. here to be like i want to help america find its its voice They're like that wasn't the <laughs> shit they were forced no. into this shit and y'all then get to celebrate off of their bones that's that's weird yeah yeah i don't think there's any like responsibility to be like constantly angry or yelling at people <laughs> but mm -hmm. i do think it's important for me to be aware of how bad it was yeah as far as informing my conception of self and conception of self within this nation doesn't mean i don't have proud like pride in it but if but part of that comes from the rise right like from people going from about the lowest station they could to like we two niggas on tv bro yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i can take pride in that like while knowing it at the same time. I don't need B.O.B. to, like, make up a thing and, like, dismiss this for me to, like, own it, you know? So just to be clear, you take no pride in the lessons from B.O.B. Not one no. damn. Well, B.O.B., <laughs> uh, this was a great episode for us. Devastating episode for you, B.O.B. I don't think you get to walk away from this episode unscathed as much as you thought you might have at the beginning. Hey, you know, sometimes you put yourself out there. VLB you know, <laughs> <laughs> was just putting himself out there and it didn't work out for him. But this was great, Troy. Could you, this was a fun episode. Could you tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Troy Walker ESQ. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just writing, writing for the show. I'm doing stand up. Watch uh, watch Jimmy Kimmel Live. Maybe you see some of my nonsense. All right. Well, watch Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel Live. Follow Troy on, on Instagram and Twitter. Do all of that stuff. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman on all platforms. Would love for you to do that. I'd fucking love it. And, uh, oh, watch Bust Down. It's on Peacock. It's it's a, a nonsense show I made with my friends and I would love for more of you to see it. And then finally, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, do all the things that podcasts are meant to have done to them consensually, then feel free to do it and send all of your conspiracy theories to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. OK, I did all my spiel. Bye, bitch.
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tail. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.